morning coffee, the motivating operation to start your week. Hey guys, welcome to our third episode. This week, we're talking about burnout. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) So we're piggybacking on last week's topic of what you would tell yourself in your first year of ABA. And now we're moving on to our second year where you have more experience and possibly more stress. Definitely. So I think it's important that we define what burnout is. So I think a lot of us have experienced these feelings, but either don't know what it is or maybe have not heard the term before. So the World Health Organization defines burnout as a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed, keyword. So in colloquial terms, that means kind of being in a state of emotional, physical, or mental exhaustion. Now I think we should go over some stats that we found out today about burnout and turnover in our field. Yeah, super interesting and shocking results. So we looked up the turnover rate in behavior analysis and it was 30 to 75% of a turnover rate with RBTs in the field. So crazy. Which is insane. That's Mm -hmm. potentially 75% of people who start in the field and then leave. When you first told me about it today, I was like, wow, that's insane. But then I thought about it and I'm like, wait, we see that all the time. People don't make it past three months. People don't make it past their first year. People don't make it after 10 years sometimes. So Mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense. All right, you guys. So now that we've defined what burnout is, we kind of want to share our personal experiences. Again, these are our personal experiences and they can vary depending on the person. But we want to talk about how to identify the precursors of burnout. We use precursors all the time, identifying them with our clients, but we want you guys to relate it to yourself. So Christina, do you kind of want to share how you know you're experiencing burnout and before you get to kind of like that peak level? Yes, definitely. So with my burnout, I kind of knew what it was, but I didn't really realize I was going through it until I would say about four years into my career. Wow. Um, that I was feeling that way. So for my precursors now looking back, one of them is when I feel extremely exhausted. For example, maybe I know I'm getting tired, so I'll take a weekend to myself and just sleep a lot and watch a lot of TV, but that won't really help me because I'll wake up Monday morning and I might get 10 hours of sleep the night before and I'm still feeling that I'm not rested. Another one is that I'm agitated with any little thing. For example, um, if I can't find something that I'm looking for, I'll go zero to 60 in three (laughs) seconds. And that's when I realized, hey, something is wrong. I shouldn't be behaving in this way. What about you? So in addition, I also feel the same exact way. In addition to that, I know that I engage in a lot of negative self-talk and which then results in a decrease in my work productivity. Also, I have a decrease in my physical health, right? So I start having lots of headaches, lack of appetite, all of these things that I started experiencing and I'm like, I need a self care day because I'm starting to burn out. Definitely. When I look back at my experience over the past six years in ABA, I also want to bring up that I think it's very important from a therapist's point of view that supervisors discuss burnout with Mm. their RBTs and supervisees and explain what it is and explain how to recognize it to self monitor they're different precursors as well. So it's not, it all depends on your delivery. For example, I think in the future with my supervisees, I'm going to say this is burnout. This is what um, it looks like. And if you are feeling this way, it is okay to come to me and say, I think I'm experiencing burnout. I'm feeling X, Y, and Z. 
can you help me with this? What did you do in your experience, in your career to help stop this? Because I love ABA and I want to continue, but I'm just to the point where I think I'm going to quit. Yeah. And I feel like if we had that more in our field, so many more people would have stayed. I mean, I have friends that have been in the field for 10 years and like, yep, I can't do it anymore. They're so burned out. And I look at them like, no, we need you. Please don't do it. But there's certain steps that you can take where you have other outlets that you can, you know, have a better work-life balance. What do you think? I agree. I, as a therapist, right, I used to have supervisors who would check in with me. And I think that's important. Checking in with your staff and advocating for yourself. If you are a therapist, let your supervisor know, hey, I am burnt out. I can't take on another case or I can't do seven hours back to back with several challenging behaviors, right? And on the flip side, as a supervisor, when I walk in, the first thing I do is, how are you doing? How's it going? Is there anything I can help with? Letting them know that you are there for them as well as the client. Do you need to tap out? Do you want me to model? What is it that you need? Like letting them know that you are there to support them. I agree. And I think from my experience, also letting them know different antecedent procedures that I use to have a work-life balance so I don't burn out. I think we should talk about those. Yeah, share. Let's share some of our antecedent strategies. So for me, in my experience, I've talked with other therapists about setting up a morning routine. I remember when I was training, helping with training new therapists, some of them were saying that they would just get so nervous and anxious in their first year going Mm -hmm. up to their sessions because They just didn't know what to expect. They didn't have control, especially if it was a really hard case, and they didn't know what to do. So for me, setting up my morning routine, eating a good breakfast, refueling my body, um, listening to some music, exercising to clear some brain fog from the day before really helps me. I know some friends of mine put on uh, Do Not Disturb with work calls and emails from 6 p.m. to 9 a.m. so they can just have time to themselves and not be working as well. And we've talked about this too, just planning the day, you know. Um, I know you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I have a planner, a big planner that I carry in my bag, and I will schedule things because it's not fair to my significant other, my family, my friends, when my entire life revolves around work. I am super passionate about what I do, and that's great and all, but I need to have a work-life balance. So in my planner, I will schedule my day, what clients I have, parent trainings, any upcoming plans. If I have CEUs, I will have a day, two hours or whatever it is to dedicate to CEUs. Because we've talked about this. How many times do you find a book and you're like, ooh, I'm going to buy that. Then someone shares a different resource and you buy that and you haven't even finished the previous book that you were reading and you get so overwhelmed with it. So kind of planning that as well as environmental manipulation. So if I know I'm going to be on work on Tuesday, today's Monday, I will leave my bag at work. That way when I get home, I do not have access to my laptop. Just to piggyback on that, um, You know, we're very passionate, obviously, about Mm -hmm. behavior analysis. I will say I am definitely a workaholic. I love what I do. So, you know, on one side, we are blessed because we're so passionate about what we do. We have a lot of purpose. But on the other side, we I struggle with work life balance. I know you do sometimes Mm -hmm. and playing those things out and having those environmental, you know, prompts or cues uh, to do that really helps. I mean, I know all my friends always say like, how many hours do you work? This is crazy. (laughs) Or in my dating life, that's always a problem. You work so many hours. And I'm like, you know. And our our response to that is like billable or non-billable. Exactly. It's like, well, I mean, I love what I do. I love the science and that's it, you know. But over time, I've realized I need to have a work-life balance because, If I am working too much, I'm not getting 
other reinforcement from areas of my life to have that, you know, self-care and have sustainability. Exactly. So now I think we should talk about what we do with harder, challenging cases to avoid a burnout in those type of aspects as well. Okay. So kind of like consequence or reactive strategies. Okay. So we kind of talked about proactive strategies. So now let's say you're experiencing burnout, right? You're in the middle of, of a tough case or whatever it may be. What do you do after? So I know for me, um, I try to engage in positive talk because like I mentioned, when I'm burning out, I engage in a lot of negative self-talk. So let's say I was supervising and the entire supervision was tough. And what do I mean by that? Client engaged in a lot of challenging behaviors. As a supervisor, I did not have a quick response or a quick solution to what we're going to address or how we're going to approach this, right? And I leave and I kind of feel defeated. So I always tell myself and a lot of my therapists know that I give this advice to them. Every time you think of something negative, try to think of too positive. And for instance, with that example I just gave, it may be, yeah, it was a tough session. I didn't have um, a solution to the issue right away, but positives. I was there for my therapist. They felt validated. They felt supported. And the second one is that I did no harm to the client. I didn't try to come up with a fast-paced solution to a problem without thinking about it, without identifying the function, without doing all of these things, right? And that's kind of how I reflect and my reactive strategy is kind of doing that, bringing myself back and thinking about the positive as opposed to the negative. That's such a great point because so many times we're so quick to just say, oh my God, I didn't know what I was doing. Am Mm -hmm. I doing this right? Questioning ourselves. And I love that you just "Eh," stop the bad negative thought and keep it going with the positive. Redirected. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Definitely. For me, what I do, I guess, in my therapist uh, experience is that, you know, I go home and I immediately just take care of myself and de-stress. And what that means is, again, eating a good meal. I like to eat. Um, Number two is taking a shower and putting on the comfiest clothes I have, you know, putting a little lavender ball in the shower, essential oils, all that good stuff. Watching my favorite shows that I can just not even think mm-hmm. like 90 day fiance <laughs> and the real housewives whatever people are gonna judge me but that's okay no judgment. whatever and I clean my space because I know if I clean my space it's just gonna be better for me tomorrow and I won't have to do it and it's just gonna help me think better um for the next day love all that mm-hmm. and you have a learned history right all exactly. of those things have brought you positive feelings or thoughts mm-hmm. or emotions so you revert back to things that you have a, a, a history with so that's awesome that's such a great point All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in uh, to this week's episode. Make sure to hit that subscribe button to get a response prompt to listen for next week. And we'll see you then. Until next time, keep moving onward and pay it forward.